1: You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Anywhere you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how our rookie orientation today On Darius Shepard. We will get to that in a little bit. Ross Uglum from 247 Sports and Cheesehead TV. This is kind of ideal for us because Ross covered North Dakota State for 247. He is also a Packers writer at Cheesehead TV. And I have a, a sneaking suspicion. Some new things to come with him. So we're going to get to that uh, in just a little bit. But there was some news over the weekend with the Packers. Josh Jones officially released. And this is the end of what is a complicated saga for the Green Bay Packers. And it ends a run of second-round draft picks that have been disappointing. And ranging from disappointing to dangerously disappointing. If if we're talking about how you're going to build a roster long-term. Look, the Packers planned for this Josh Jones departure. The Oren Burks selection was part of that plan, and unfortunately for the Packers, that plan was scuttled when Oren Burks got hurt again. But Raven Green's ascension mitigates some of the damage that that misfire does. And then bringing in Ibrahim Campbell and finding out that he is a capable rotation-level safety linebacker hybrid also mitigates some of the issues that are brought about by this release. Green Bay would have liked to find a home for Josh Jones. You would like to take your second-round pick, someone that was taken directly in front of Alvin Kamara and Juju Smith-Schuster, and turn them into a useful player. At the very least a useful player. Don't have to be, doesn't have to be, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster level player. Doesn't have to be an Alvin Kamara level player. Just be good. Just be useful. And Josh Jones never quite got there. And I was someone who defended him and I said, you know, in the right situation, he could really be a player and I don't know where he fits best, at least in this team. I think if you put him on a a team that that is a 4-3 team, where he can play outside linebacker, you can let him play on the weak side, he can be a run-and-chase linebacker, maybe that's the best spot for him. But he's made it pretty clear he doesn't want to be a linebacker. He wants to be a safety. Well, the problem for Josh on that one is, as a deep safety, he really struggles with his deep coverage. If you're going to play too deep safety with Josh Jones... The quarterback should just throw to Josh Jones's side every time because even for all that speed and athleticism that he has, he he can be a little bit slow to diagnose. He can be a little slow to read the quarterback and the quarterback's eyes, and then doesn't quite explode laterally the same way he does coming downhill. Coming downhill, he can he can be a player, and we saw against Cincinnati when he had a very specific set of roles. And it was play at the line of scrimmage and go attack the quarterback or play underneath. That was where he really, really thrived. But in the modern NFL, you have to be more than that. You really do. And to be a safety, to really be a safety in the modern NFL, you have to do a lot more than that. Now, he could also cover in man. Not great. He could do it. Wasn't great at it. Was solid at it. Was better than, say, Kentrell Bryce at it. Not a high bar, but it was certainly much better than Kendrell Bryce. But it was pretty clear last year when Ibrahim Campbell was on the field, he was better than Josh Jones. And given what we've seen of Raven Green in limited reps, Raven Green looks like a better option than Josh Jones. So to be sitting here in late August and we're months removed from Josh Jones requesting that trade and to have not found a trade partner, I don't think it's at all surprising that Green Bay was unable to find a trade partner. Once you make that trade demand public, unless you're a really good player, you lose leverage for your team. And Josh Jones simply had not established himself as a good enough player for a team to say, "We can't risk another team giving up something to get him" in exchange for simply waiting for the Packers to cut him, which is what we think they're going to do. And guess what? The Packers did it. They waived him. And that's that. And because he's not a vested veteran, he is being waived. He can be claimed. It's a whole thing. You can you pick up his contract, all that stuff. It's different for someone like Kiko Alonso. This has been a name that's been out there. If the Dolphins cut Kiko Alonso, they cut him. It's, it's a new deal. So that's why trading for him does not make sense because the money is too much. Over $8 million this year and next year. It's just unworkable for the Packers. Now, what we found out was Curtis Bolton said he doesn't have a torn ACL. That's very good news. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's on crutches anymore. They're still trying to figure out exactly what the situation is and what the timetable is. Oren Burks, we talked about the good news there, but we don't know what the timetable is either. So, what do the Packers do? Well, you know, they brought in some fringe NFL talent in terms of actually playing defense to try and you know just bring bodies in, that's helpful. But I think what you're going to find out is Mike Patton is going to do what he did last year when he didn't trust the inside linebackers outside of Blake Martinez, say, I'm going to play dime. I'm going to play a lot of nickel and dime and it's going to be Raven Green on the field next to Blake Martinez. And you take a defensive lineman off the field and you play big nickel that way. I think that's something that you're going to see the Packers do a lot. I think it's something that you're going to see a lot in Week 1, especially because of how Mike Patton attacked them last year. And it worked. You put Josh Jackson on the field, you let him cover Tariq Cohen or Trey Burton, and you play smaller, you play in that dime defense with Raven Green as that de facto linebacker, and it brings you so much flexibility and so many opportunities to match up with what other teams are doing that In a modern league, that seems like the intuitive way to handle what the Packers are going to face week in and week out, at least until Curtis Bolton and or Oren Burks get healthy. We're going to get to Ross in just a second, but I want to remind you that it's a new season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is on the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that doesn't change is where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. They have better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sportsbook, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. The first place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100,000 to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. Up to $1,000 on your first deposit bonus, and you can double your first deposit. Use promo code locked On to activate that offer. Go to MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code locked On when creating your account to try that bonus offer. You're already suave. You've already got things going on in other parts of your life. What you need is that added bonus of being killer in the bedroom, and that's where BlueChew.com comes in. That's blue like the color blue. Blue BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable... They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. And remember, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra performance in the bedroom. Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Bluetooth prepares and ships direct... They're cheaper than going to a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Go to bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code locked on. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code locked on to try it free. All right, let's get to Ross Uglum. He is the publisher of the Bison Report for 247 Sports. You can also find him. On Cheesehead TV and the Packaday podcast, I don't know what that last one is, but apparently he's on that. No, I'm just kidding. Packaday podcast is great. <laughs> Ross, thanks for joining Locked On Packers.
0: Hey, happy to be here, man. I'm excited.
1: So this is kind of an emergency, Locked On Packers, an emergency rookie orientation because Darius Shepard has has really forced his way into the discussion with the Packers' 53 man roster. So I thought we can take it back. And I do want to talk a little bit about your impressions. This is a unique opportunity for us to talk about rookies on these shows and and actually talking about them playing on the field. But before we get to that, let's go back to Darius Shepard in college. When was the first time you noticed him on the field and went, this guy might be a player?
0: Yeah, I mean, it has to be considered right away. Uh, Shepard, as as I I mean, a lot of uh, and I can kind of explain what I do as well, a lot of North Dakota State's players, I would say upwards of 90% are are going to redshirt. Um, that's kind of the way that, that things have been going I don't want to say since the beginning of time but certainly since uh, I've, I've been kind of paying attention. it just seems to be what everybody uh, prefers to to have the kids do. They don't get a ton of you know uh, obviously early entry, uh, or or four-star, five-star guys that, you know, part of their recruiting process is, hey, you're going to come in and play right away. Um, I'm a writer at Cheesehead TV, and I also am the publisher of Bison Report, which is 24-7, or CBS Digital's uh, site for North Dakota State. So, I've right. been covering Darius since the 2015 football season, um, which is when I started at, at North Dakota State and it is when um Carson Wentz, who's now the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, start uh it was his senior year. So Carson took over as a junior, uh, went into Iowa State, won that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won the national championship that season, Then he was coming back as a senior, and they're opening up the season uh on national television in week zero on ESPN against Montana. Uh, they actually ended up losing that game, which is uh as as most people know, is extremely rare. losing is not something that happens a ton at North Dakota state, but it was a a road game, which is again, also kind of odd. Most of NDSU's losses over the last half decade have come on kind of slip up games at home, even in, in the Fargo dome, but you had to sort of know that there was something special uh, there right away because Shepard was playing uh, as, as a, you know as a freshman as a, as a red-shirted freshman but as a freshman nonetheless he had uh, three catches in his first game ever three catches for 36 yards and then kind of continued on uh, down that path in consistently you know being pretty good for uh the, his his first 3 seasons he was in the, he ended up being in the same recruiting class or the same I shouldn't say recruiting class I should say regular class as a guy by the name of R J Zandowski and R J was a really good player not a phenomenal athlete not really a threat to be a professional football player R J the same season lost his redshirt uh, he played as a true freshman he was a high school classmate of Easton Stick Easton is now the quarterback or is now a quarterback with the Los Angeles Chargers so. Uh, they ended up sort of crisscrossing their, their years that they were supposed to be together. They should have graduated together. um, But, but RJ graduated a year before Shepard did. And that is really where I think he exploded his career high before uh, was 41 receptions. And he ended up making 62 catches for a thousand yards and nine touchdowns as a senior. And what's, I think even more, shocking than that is his numbers as it compares to the rest of the wide receiver group from a season ago. Uh, as, as I mentioned numerous times on Bias Report, NDSU has 14 total receptions returning this year. And uh, a season ago, if you take a look at the cumulative box score, the the rest of the entire re- receiving group uh, only had 25 more that graduated. So Shepard had well over wow. 50% of the wide receiver receptions, I, have, I we don't really keep targeting numbers. I mean, that's more of an FBS thing. I, I don't know how many targets there were, but out of the 180 total receptions on the team, Shepard had over 33%. I mean, he had 62 of the 180 catches as a total, but that 180 includes the backs and the tight ends.
1: Yeah, and this is, this is a situation now in Green Bay where no one, I mean, he had to try out for this team. It wasn't like there were teams knocking down his door to come be a undrafted free agent. He he's you know lightly recruited into the NFL, which is which is a weird thing to say, but is true about how we look at undrafted free agents. He had to try out, and now he's looking at, you know, potentially making the 53 man roster. When when the Packers brought in Shepard, you were someone that said, look, this kid can play, keep an eye on him, but I have to believe that. Even based on your expectations, he's outperformed what you thought he'd be this quickly.
0: Oh, certainly. and you know it was an interesting fit. Uh, number one, you look at w- what was something I was fortunate enough to attend It should be his pro day. Uh, 510 and a half, 186 pounds, ran the 40 and 4.57, uh, verted 35 and a half, three cone of 7.13 and a 14 on the bench press, we're not – those aren't popping anybody. You know, nobody is getting excited about those numbers, and Green Bay has over and over and over again been a club that really emphasizes athleticism. You look at uh, Kent Lee Platy at Math Bomb, his RAS scores, Shepard's isn't good. Not only that, but he's basically the only true slot body, true slot receiver on the entire roster. And that was something I pointed out earlier. I said, guys, if they're going to keep a slot – it might have to be Darius Shepard because I, I literally don't see another one. But as as much as I like Darius, um, as much fun as it was to cover him, and as good of a kid as he is, I, it, I would have never said this. You know, I would have never uh, guessed that every single Packers outlet, whether it be Acme Packing Company, uh, the, the the Packers Wire USA Today, Bill Huber at SI, um, everybody has written their Darius Shepard story. I tried to avoid writing my Darius Shepherd story just because I didn't want to seem biased and I ended up getting left in the dust.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean that that is how it goes sometimes. If if he if he makes the roster. I mean cuz I think, you know, normally on these shows I'm talk I want to talk about, you know, the the college experience and and his journey there, but we're past all that now because he's put himself in a position by his play to make this team. So if he does make it, what do you think we see over the next you know week or or however many days that that it it takes for it, it it to become clear that he's the guy? What do we see what differentiates him relative to these other guys that that puts him on this roster?
0: Well, I think it's understanding of the playbook and that's something that's instilled uh, I think at North Dakota State is just a work ethic that you don't see a lot of other places uh he he was been you know, T- Devontae Adams talking about him knowing protection calls that Devontae doesn't even know. And Devontae's on his, his second contract. I mean, that he just has a tremendous understanding of, of what he needs to do, play in, play out. And then he's a very instinctive football player. And that's something that Gutekunst even pointed out himself, is that during the course of a play, if it breaks down, he understands how to make that second reaction. He understands uh, you know, how to get o- open against zone coverage without missing your landmark and, and screwing up the quarterback. He just gets how to play football. And and the other part of it is, yeah, I think the body type thing and, and some of the things that he brings that other guys just don't. And that's experience as a jet sweep guy. He was very, very good at that at North Dakota State, uh, had, had tremendous success running the football. It's his ability to return punts. It's an ability I didn't even know about to return kicks, as you saw Uh, in last week's game, that wasn't something that that North Dakota State had him do. Bruce Anderson, who's now, I think, the fourth string running back with uh, Tampa Bay, he did all the kick returning, and he was fantastic at it. They just never had Shepard do it because they had somebody else. He's a kick returner, punt returner, slot guy, and it might just be his uniqueness uh, that besides, you know, his uniqueness besides his ability. I mean, he's a very good football player. He's been a good football player for a long time, but add that into the things that he brings to the table that nobody else on the roster except maybe Trevor Davis brings. And that's, I think where you're kind of, you're meshing two things and you're sort of kicking him over the top.
1: I think that's all well said. Uh, I was, I was someone who insisted over the course of the offseason that when you look at Matt LaFleur's offense, He hasn't had, in in the schemes that he's been in, whether it is with uh, Sean McVay or whether it is with uh, Kyle Shanahan, they haven't had traditional slot-type receivers. So my my contesting ideology here was they don't need a guy like that. But when you look at this receiver group, the only guy who can really move the way that Darius Shepard can is Darius Shepard. And even Trevor Davis, who is objectively faster and more athletic, doesn't have the same sort of slipperiness and run after the catchability that that I think we've seen from Shepard or the, the natural feel, which is a separate issue. So when someone like Matt LaFleur says, you know, we, we've got this big, fast, long group of guys, that's great. But you want to have a diversity of skill sets and really for as for as good as I think a lot of these receivers are. And there are legitimately seven, eight or nine who who could say, I think I should make this roster there really is only one guy who has his skill set.
0: Yeah, that was an old uh, Michael Lombardi thing, uh, building a receiver group like a basketball team. Uh, You want your power forwards. And I think they've kind of got one in in Alan Lazard. They have a tremendous amount of wings. Uh, Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, very few point guards, or very few guards. And I think the, the, the dairy shepherd is kind of your, your point guard or, you know, that kind of, of player. And you're right. Uh, short area quickness, the slipperiness, as, as you said, he does allow you to diversify, you know, what, what you can do because there's a lot of, of sameness in the rest of those guys. Now, you know, sure. Marquez is quite a bit faster than Devante. Devante is of course a better route runner than Marquez. And, and you have, over and over again, things that guys do differently. But Shepard has a completely different skill set from from all those guys. In in addition to the the special teams, you know, part of it that he brings. The other thing I think that that you nailed is you're right. It is different. Um, people watch McVeigh and the way that that he uses Brandon Cooks and uh, you know is doing jet action on on a number of plays, either actually handing the ball off or faking the jet action and running. Uh, you know, inside zone, doing a number of things based on having eleven personnel on the field almost always. Well, Lafleur said it point blank, and I honestly think it might have even been on, um, pardon my take, of all places. But he said we want to run everything out of twenty-one personnel, and if you're running twenty-one personnel, you know who's not on the field: Darius Shepherd. But there are still, you know, second and seven, third and seven. There are certainly, you know, two-minute drill there's going to be three and four receivers on the field for the backers on, I would say, a, I would say a more than people are probably expecting basis.
1: It's going to be interesting to see. I can't wait to see what the final cuts look like because the receiver position is probably the most contested non backup quarterback position group on Twitter. And, and is really the most interesting to me. So uh, that's gonna be fascinating to watch over the over the coming days uh Ross let my audience know where they can find more of the work that you do
0: yeah absolutely uh right now i'm I'm working with cheesehead TV usually uh at least once a week I'll do my quick uh, review and it's off of the uh TV copy you know it's it's just things to kind of point out to give a talking point throughout the week and then I, I let Andy herman do his player grading or if you're not Talking about Cheesehead TV, guys like uh, Dusty Ively and and Ben Finnell kind of take it from there. And if you're interested in learning more about North Dakota State, check out Bison Report. It's just bisonreport.com. It's on the 24-7 Sports Network. Uh, We cover football and men's basketball. Or you can just follow me on Twitter at, at Ross Uglum.
1: You should already be following him on Twitter if you're not. Fix that. Thanks, Ross. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league.
0: Here, Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
1: All right, I want to thank Ross again for joining the show. We're going to be back tomorrow and later in the week we're going to have our 53-man roster projection with Jason Hershorn. he's coming back on the show our annual tradition is back we're also going to have another rookie orientation series with Kadar Holman so a lot of content coming this week and then next week it's time already Packers Bears week one let's do it obviously we're going to have to talk about what happens on Thursday Uh, Packers Chiefs in the preseason finale, and no one of any consequence is going to play. In fact, Matt LaFleur wanted so badly to have a, a split practice, he couldn't because there were not enough bodies. Too many guys were hurt. So we're going to try and uh, you know figure out what's going on there, who's healthy, who's not. Uh, Jay Sternberger officially back at practice, Danny Vitale officially back at practice. Those guys seem to be heading in the right direction as we move toward week one. They are not going to play in all likelihood, In this preseason finale, or at least Vitaly isn't. You'd hope Jace could get some preseason action because the Packers might need him. If they're going to try and save a roster spot with someone like Mercedes Lewis, it's got to be because Jace is going to play a factor on this team. So a lot to be decided here and and some players that need to make an impact. Matt LaFleur said he's not ready to make a call Elton Jenkins versus Lane Taylor yet. They're still deciding on the number two quarterback. So there's still a lot of stuff in this final preseason game to be decided. We saw last year James Crawford made the team thanks to a virtuoso special teams performance. So there is still roster spots to be won in this game and roster spots potentially to be lost as well. So as we go through this week, uh, we're going to be talking about all of that. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341 3775. As we approach week one of the NFL season, it is critical that you stay locked on Packers.